Welcome to Bedtime History. Hello, this is Breck. Guess what, parents? Bedtime History is now available on Story Button. Story Button is the easiest way to listen to our show without using screen devices like your phone or a tablet. Story Button is like a radio that's built for easy listening to your favorite kids' podcasts like ours. And the best part is there's no subscriptions or fees to access the content. This week, save $10 and get free shipping when you go to storybutton.com forward slash bedtime history. That's storybutton.com forward slash bedtime history. A shout out to our newest Patreon donors, Thomas from Halifax, Canada, and Riley and Mac from New Hampshire. If you'd like to donate to Bedtime History, go to bedtimehistorystories.com and click on Donate in the menu to donate via Patreon. In celebration of Native American Heritage Month, and in our last episode about Native Americans in North America, we learned about how each of these groups first came to the Americas across the Bering Strait, and how each group formed its own unique culture and spread out across the continent. Each group adapted to wherever they lived, whether it be the desert, coast, forest, or mountains, and over time they formed their own language and customs. They were a strong, hardy people who found ways to survive off the land using the natural world around them. And for thousands of years, they had no contact with Europeans and Asians and other people from all around the world. In 1492, Christopher Columbus reached the shores of the Americas by boat. He was surprised to find it and thought he'd run into India, not an entirely new continent. Once Columbus returned to Europe and told everyone about the new world he'd discovered, other explorers chartered ships and left to see what kind of land and riches they could discover there. Along with the new land, they were surprised to find new people, and with each explorer, the contact with the Native Americans was different. Some explorers came searching for gold, and often they treated the indigenous people as slaves, making them try and dig for gold. Sometimes the Europeans came as missionaries and tried to be helpful, but often weren't respectful of the Native Americans' cultures and way of life. In some cases, battles took place between the Europeans and Native Americans, and in other cases they got along and helped each other out. They often traded with each other. Europeans were interested in the new foods, plants, and animals in the New World, and Native Americans were interested in the same things from the Old World. These plants and animals moved between the different continents, and now we call this the Columbian Exchange. With the movement of people between the Old World and New World also came diseases. In Europe, people lived in cities with huge numbers of people living in a very small area and around animals. They had experienced disease, such as the bubonic plague, but having lived through the diseases, they were immune to them. Tragically, the Native Americans were not. New diseases caused a massive loss of life. Where Native Americans once thrived across the continent from coast to coast, after years of disease, they were left with very small groups. Some even think only 5% of the population was left. This left these small groups trying to survive and deal with more and more settlers coming into their land. If you're familiar with the story of Thanksgiving, 
One reason the Wampanoag tribe that held their harvest feast with the pilgrims was so small was because of the disease that had ravaged their tribe. In this story, the Wampanoag were recovering from diseases and small numbers, and the pilgrims were also suffering too. The feast was a time of peace and thanksgiving between the two groups of people. Like we said before, peace didn't always last between groups like the Wampanoag and the pilgrims. Sometimes the people of the Old and New World got along, but in many cases they did not. In 1622, Powhatan Indians attacked colonists in Virginia to try and remove them from their land, and as often the case with violent conflict, later the colonists fought back. Later came King Philip's War between the Wampanoag and Puritan settlers in Massachusetts. And as more and more colonists moved from Europe to North America, the Native American people had to move further away from the coast and into more remote parts of the country. They increasingly found themselves battling settlers on the run and trying to find a safe place for their families as more of the land was settled by foreigners. For some groups, the safest places were the unsettled ones, like the plains. The plains are a large area of flat land in the middle section of North America, which now includes Kansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, and other states. Here, for a time, tribes like the Lakota, Sioux, Kiowa, Arapaho, Blackfoot, Cheyenne, Comanche, and Crow were able to survive and make a livelihood for their families. Their ancestors had lived as hunter-gatherers in these areas for thousands of years before, but one thing that changed their life after contact with Europe was the horse. You may not know it, but the horse didn't make its way to America until the 1700s. Plains Indians were able to breed horses, tame them, and use them to move quickly across the land. They became excellent horsemen and used the speed of their horses to hunt. Also roaming the plains at this time were huge numbers of bison, also known as buffalo. Have you seen a buffalo before? They are large cow-like animals with brown hair and horns. Groups like the Lakota Sioux were also experts at archery using a bow and arrow. They would ride up alongside the buffalo herds and fire at them until bringing down these massive animals. They used their skins for clothing and shelter and meat and other parts of their body for food. The Plains Indians were known for their bravery and skills in battle, and were often feared by settlers who tried to take their lands. Some of the most famous Plains Indians and warriors were Sacagawea, Sitting Bull, Crazy Horse, and Red Cloud. Sadly, over time, like the other tribes, they were pushed further into more, repo into more remote parts of North America. Eventually, many of them were forced onto reservations, a reservation was a place set aside where they could live in peace, but in most cases, this wasn't the land of their ancestors, wasn't desirable, and was land they didn't want. Native Americans since those times have continued to be an important part of American history. As you know, I'm a big fan of World War II history, and sometimes a lesser-known part of the history there is the Native Americans and the part they played in fighting the war and also sending coded messages. Soldiers who spoke English 
and their tribal language, were able to send messages back and forth by radio. Languages like Navajo and Choctaw were totally unknown to their enemies, so when the enemy tried to listen in, they couldn't understand the messages. And enemy soldiers definitely didn't have Native American translators on the battlefield. Along with the Navajo and Choctaw code talkers, there were at least 14 other Native American tribes who were code talkers during World War II. Code talkers were in both Europe and the Pacific and took place in major battles such as D-Day and Iwo Jima. If you've ever seen the photo or statues of soldiers raising a flag, that's Iwo Jima. And one of those soldiers is Ira Hayes, a Native American and United States Marine from Arizona. Later during the space race, one of the NASA engineers who helped send the astronauts to the moon was a Native American Cherokee woman by the name of Mary Golda Ross. She also helped design top secret missiles and aircraft. The first Native American astronaut to go to space is named John Harrington of the Chickasaw Nation. He took part in the 16th shuttle mission to the International Space Station in 2002. To honor his people during the mission, he carried six eagle feathers, a braid of sweetgrass, two arrowheads, and the Chickasaw Nation's flag. Other well-known Native American scientists and engineers are Aaron Yazim, who worked on the Mars Lander, and Thomas David Pettit, who has done work on smart grid technology. In 2020, six Native American and Native Hawaiians were elected to Congress, and others have served in other parts of the government over the years, including governors of Hawaii, New Hampshire, New Mexico, and Oklahoma. With November being Native American Heritage Month, take the time to research the history of these different cultures and the contributions of their people in our day. I've enjoyed learning more about the cultures in my state, such as the Hohokam, Pueblo, and Navajo. Check out the video in the show description of us visiting the Casa Grande ruins near us. Also, last night I was just reading that right where I live, there were Native American settlements hundreds of years ago. Recently, I've had the chance to see sites where these people lived and hike in places where they once walked. On these hikes, I've been able to spend time reflecting what it might have been like to live when they did. Thinking of them made me grateful for their way of life. And even today, we use miles and miles of canals, which they dug hundreds of years ago. Also, if there's someone you know that's Native American, get the chance to know them better. Ask them stories about their life and their ancestors. There are also many great museums and shows on these topics. Take the time to learn more about Native Americans in your part of the country. Or if you live outside the United States, I'm willing to bet there were indigenous peoples who once lived in your area. Take the time to learn more about them and consider with respect their lives and what they did in their time. Thanks for listening to this episode about Native Americans in North America, and be sure to tune in next Monday for a new episode.